This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart, and as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback, and I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Cammy here. You know, this summer I'm traveling a lot, and so for the first time we are replaying a few query episodes. Last week we did Rebecca Sugar, and a lot of you got in touch and said you'd missed it the first time around, and that you were so happy to hear that again. Both, I heard both things, <laughs> which is great. So this week we are replaying uh, Trevon Free's episode. What Trevon had to say about being a black bisexual man is just. I mean, beautiful, impactful. When Sierra and I were looking through the episode to try to figure out how to cut out a little clip, we just, we went back and forth on a bunch of different options. So I I hope that if you missed this one the first time around, that you'll listen this time. And we will be back with a new episode next week for our 100th episode. And don't you worry, because I have a chat with Adam Rapon already in the bank. And uh, that person is lovely. And an Olympic medalist figure skater. Also, if you live in Los Angeles, I will be performing at 8 p.m. this Saturday, August 17th, doing a full hour at Dynasty Typewriter, which is a theater downtown. You can get tickets at CameronEsposito.com slash tour. And I really hope to see you there. Enjoy the episode. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on. Darling, I know, I know, I know it's careless. Hey, so first of all, just like congrats on waking up in, in time to make it to like a noon yeah. recording. You were telling me that you were working really late last night. Yeah, we finished at almost three. And I was like happy it was it was only three. It was supposed to be like four or five. You look fresh. I, I mean, got I got a de- I got a decent amount of sleep, I think. I woke up like three times because my body's so used to getting up at five AM now yeah. for our, our normal calls. And I just can't sleep past a certain point anymore. It's no, really I weird. totally they get broke it. me. <laughs> I have a stupid window in my bedroom that I that is like really, really small. So I'd have to get something specifically made to cover it. Right. And my wife and I let it stay open because then the sun wakes us up, right. which is like a cool thing <laughs> as opposed to an alarm when you're like, oh my god, the earth woke me up. Like that feels right. cool. I hate that so much. But oh my god, <laughs> but I don't mind it. But I will say that. On days like today when you, like, really need to sleep in, it is just, yeah, a punishment we've given to ourselves. Well, they're fixing the roof on the house next door to where I'm staying. And it's literally right outside the window. Yeah, that's Right next to the bed. Ideal. every morning at about 7 a.m., I hear just constant hammering. Just hammering, hammering. And then I'll hear someone speaking to each other in Spanish, and they'll laugh, and then there'll be more hammering. So they ha- they do jokes between hammering. I mean, that's that's the other thing is that I <laughs> that I always notice with, like, I mean, of course, when there's some, when it's somebody's job, like, they're at work, they're having fun right. with their buddies. They're having like, a good time. They're not, nobody's on my schedule where I'm like, if you, honestly, if you, if you enjoy each other's company for one more fucking second, <laughs> I'm going to come out there and end you. There was um, one time I legit thought they were in my apartment. Like, <laughs> oh, they are in here hammering. How did you get in here? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I want to start – well, first of all, we've already begun our charming conversation, but I usually have guests introduce themselves. So would you introduce yourself? Uh, Hello. I am Trayvon Free, and uh, I am a TV writer, comedy person, stand-up, all that stuff. Um, What else do I do? That's that's a good – Description, I think. I feel like you've got a lot of cool stuff going on in I your collect, life yeah, right now. What do, are you working on? I'm working on camping on HBO currently with Jennifer Gardner and David Tennant. Um, my own show on HBO uh, with Issa Rae. That f- the, um, I wish that you could see like your sort of sh- face and <laughs> how chill you start. You tried to roll that out, like you tried to make that be like a, and then like as a sidebar, this other thing is like a small project. <laughs> It's a uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of work. It keeps me busy, and then like got a couple movie projects that I'm trying to um, to work on. So I don't I don't have a ton of free time, especially now that we're filming. And I end up having to tell people like it's I really have no time right now to do anything. So people will hit me up, and I'll be like, "Let me get back to you," and they'll like literally like two days later. So can you? I'm like, 
don't like please no you don't understand <laughs> like go get a degree like the amount of time that takes you to become a doctor right. like then right. come back to me right. after that seriously i'm actually i'm so shocked that you found time in your schedule for us i'm stoked because well, I, I know how well not i know but i see from the internet how busy you are and i believe you on the internet i believe <laughs> the things that you tell me are true so. it, wor- it works out i mean part of it's funny part of it is like documentation of like I told you that I'm where I am. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, also, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but also, like, I I try to, like, schedule some things in in my, like, time that I, so I can still do other things. But there are also times where you just budget time for yourself, and then people want to use that time, and you're like, no, no, no. I'm at home doing nothing not because I have time to hang out with you, but because I need this time because I don't have it anywhere else. Are you good at doing that, like keeping that time for yourself? No, I'm so bad at it. I end up giving it away all the time. Yeah, I, I, I sometimes feel so guilty yeah. about that. Where, and even and then I'll start to feel like a loser. Like it's it's so weird what I can justify feeling like about right. having it's like, oh, a night at home. What am I trash? And then it's like, <laughs> no man, like you're gonna you're gonna burn out yeah, you so need quickly. It. You yeah. really need it. And then you find yourself bored and you're like, oh, I should just go hang out. And you're like, no, I shouldn't mm. do that. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. what I need to do. Absolutely. Just let my brain not have any type of out- exterior stimulus. Just be at home and chill out. Yeah. And enjoy your, like, enjoy refilling all of the Yeah. Everything that's been stores. drained from you. Yeah. You got to gotta build it back up. And we also I don't know how much you can talk about, but for your show with Issa Rae, where where are you with that? Where um, are you in the process? We are in the basically waiting for everybody to finally agree on the script that mm-hmm. we that we have because the the plan is to do the plan is to do the show. And so as far as I know, it's just getting everybody on board with a version of it that uh, everyone likes, which is pretty much, I think, the last draft. I haven't gotten notes back on it, but I think that was the one where I feel like that's the one. So oh, I'm excited. We'll all <laughs> knock on all the yeah. available wood. Yeah, I think that's the, the one. So I mean, once we do that, um, I think the plan is to just go into start to start doing the show because I also. Oh wait, I don't know if I can talk about that. <laughs> there is another thing. Okay, all uh, right. There's another thing? There's another thing well, that involves some really amazing people. Well, that, that's exciting. That's actually like pretty much, I mean, it is a done deal. It's just a matter of like what happens next, but I don't know. I've not been told I couldn't talk about it, but I'm going to err on the side of not. <laughs> well, you sound like a man of mystery, so it's even kind of cool. So just but like, when it yeah, is, I've when got it, all these huge things moving, but I can't discuss any of them. It's so funny how like I legit forgot about it. <laughs> the show for, the show with Issa Rae, part of the reason that I reached out and wanted to talk to you, I mean, number one, you're a cool, interesting person in the world. We should oh, just know you. each other. But also that show... The main character is. Am Me. I a bisexual black dude? Yes. Like that's that's yeah. true. It's a yeah. bisexual black dude. Yeah. At the center of a television show. Right. Can I just like give you a <laughs> All right. fucking high five? That is so great. When did when did that happen? It's Never. it's incredible. Yeah, you would. I mean, that would be. Is that? I mean, that that's definitely the first show that would center on a character that identifies that way. Yeah. But then I don't even know if I can think of like too many characters that are. Like some side character with even one line. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like that's how rare it is. It's yeah. like you can't even point to the other examples of like, yeah, yeah. this person's cousin or best friend. Right. <laughs> that like yeah, popped that was up part for of a the, second. That was part of the pitch where it was just like this this doesn't exist anywhere. No one's telling the story. And uh, hey, look, here's a chance for us to tread in new ground. This is what you guys like to do here, right? So what do you want to do, HBO? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Put them, put them on the... Put them on the hook for it. Like, right. be the one to tell that story. Well, for for you, what does it feel like that folks would be interested in that as a concept? Because I feel like... I mean, it for me, it's dealing with the, the issues of, of masculinity and sexuality and being black and all the things that go along with that, that 
for so long have been kind of like a thing you don't talk about in our community that it's like there are plenty of gay black people, but it's it's always done or treated in a way, at least in reality, in a way where it's like it's okay if someone else's kid is gay, but it can't be your kid. Or it's okay <clears throat> if it's their friend, but not you. Like it's always a step removed and like it's we've we've become more accepting of it uh in the few in the last like eight or nine years since prop eight, but it's not moved very much like i there's still a lot of homophobia around uh black masculinity um that I think we need to deal with, and I feel like I wanna explore that and and put it in people's faces so that they can like really start to understand what it means to to be to separate masculinity from from sexuality for one because they don't go hand in have hand have nothing to do with they have each nothing other. at all to do with each other but to also like tell a human story of like we're just people like you like just trying to live our lives and it's not any different from you and getting to the heart of like where that comes from, that animus towards gay people and and uh, kind of calling calling us out on it. Like, you know, like, like bringing it to the forefront and making us talk about it. Because once you see it in a way where it's centered, where it's not like a throwaway side character or uh, a passing mention, um, you have to deal with it. You have to decide... Like where do I where do I want to be where do I want to stand in 2018 on this issue? Like, am I going to be the person who's like still in the dark ages, or am I going to wake the fuck up and actually realize what I'm doing and what I'm thinking? And so I feel like a lot of the problems that we go through in the world and in this country are are tied up in what it means to be a man and like how you define masculinity and trying to like prove yourself to some other dude that you're a man and it ends up resulting in school shootings and like all kind of crazy shit because society's telling you this is how a man behaves and it's like that's bullshit so it must be really exhausting too i mean I, i think about how exhausting it is to be a woman in that in that culture that also like because men are so restricted, then women have to – it's it like one then leads to the other. Right. But I think that – I mean when I think about the way that men are taught to patrol themselves around anything like emotions. Yeah. Um, that just seems like I don't know how one would get through the day. Right. If you can't just like smile right. at somebody. If like that's like, oh, fuck you, right. smiling with right. this like weakness that you're showing me. I mean men just started – Hugging each other, like especially like black men just started hugging each other in a way that's not like uh, where you like dap someone up and put a like a wall between the two of you. Like I can in the last maybe like 10 or 15 years is when it was okay to actually wrap your arms around another man and it not be like weird or gay. You know what I mean? Like that's even that's relatively new. We're like. We've just kind of got out of the quote unquote no homo era. Remember when that was like Oh my god, absolutely every fucking way. Like you couldn't do any you couldn't say nice shirt to your friend without like qualifying it <laughs> with I mean it was almost nice to have people say that because I then I got to see how often it was on people's minds. Right. You know, right, like it was yeah, almost it, like yeah. Oh, thank God you're finally admitting it. Because right. I know you've been worried about this. So <laughs> right. now you're like telling me to my face. Right. <laughs> well, I I also th- I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I I was raised in a predominantly white area, and I have, you know, like as a person that's a part of the LGBT community, some thoughts on like maybe why it's different in the black community, what you're saying, the 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 specificity of that patrolling. But like right. I, I also don't know if you have thoughts on why what makes it different. I mean, it, one, I think a big part of it is it's just not talked about openly enough. It's – you hear about it at church in the in the uh, in the context of it being against God 
rarely, like, I can't, I remember, I can remember so many times growing up and hearing uh, how gay people were going to hell, which made it um, impossible to feel like a per, like, grow up and feel like a person when you're, like, dealing with that internally. Yeah. And your parents are dragging you to church every fucking week. I mean, I had that, too. You know, yeah. I grew up in the Catholic Church, and that was the same messaging I got. Yeah. Something it, that seems a little different is, like, as you grow up, if you're Catholic, a lot of folks— like naturally leave the church anyway because right. it's not like a community or social hub. It's really like yeah. a place parents take their kids and then right. like the the generation turns right. over and then those parents take their kids. Right. But it doesn't seem to serve the same like a lot of folks that I know that are black folks that are adults have a, a relationship yeah. with the church that's it's, like it's, personal. Yeah, not it's very, very deep, very connected. And so if you're growing up at a time where that's con- – your, the church you go to is telling you <clears throat> that's wrong and you can't, like, go to heaven <laughs> by yeah. being yourself. And, like, as a, in a black family, you can go to church th- two or three times a week. And if you're dealing with that, like, you're hearing that. Like, what does that do to your soul to, like, hear that so much and to, like, walk around feeling like the people who you love and care about, like, all think you're, like— going to hell. And so I feel like that coupled with the fact that it's 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 just not a thing that's talked about. Like I have friends who have uh African and Caribbean like parents who are very very much like no. Yeah. Like no. And like there are countries in Africa that have a very like crazy relationship with dealing with gay people and how they treat them. Um, but I feel like there's residue uh, of that all over our community here where if black men have been pushed into a, a corner in a way where their identity has become so uh, built up around like strength and protection and, and uh, like anger and and all the things that are a product of what it means to be a black man in America up against white supremacy and all the things that happen to you on a daily basis. And so you end up hardening yourself in a way that's not healthy. But I think part of that hyper-masculinity is it's so connected to uh, dominance over women and, and how that makes you more of a man that it becomes impossible to talk about anything other than that or to be to be seen as anything other than a man who who conquers women um that's just not a thing you can be you can't be seen as powerful masculine strong uh and also like men yeah <laughs> and so it's it's a corner that's being turned like now i notice I see more and more masculine men in gay spaces than I ever did when I was like in college or like in in my 20s, which is like interesting. It's like, oh, there's like the corners being turned, but weirdly, it's you people separate themselves from the community to gain that freedom instead of staying in that community to, to like, repair the mentality, to change the minds, to, like, help people grow. I totally know what you're talking about. I mean, f- first of all, I want to say, like, it makes perfect sense to me that a community or a demographic that has been subjugated for hundreds of years yeah. <laughs> uh, would then feel like if I relax for a second— I'm going to be victimized. Right. Like, of course that makes sense, yeah. right? So I think, like, it's on culture to make black men feel safe. Right. So that, like, you – so that one could let down your guard for a fucking second. Like, right. that that's real, right? So, like, oh, why do – why would a black man have to perform hyper-masculinity? I feel like the answer is, right. like, in our history – or it's literally, like, open Twitter. Like, yeah, open Twitter right. today, exactly. yesterday, or any time. <laughs> you know, like, you know, right. what, you know, the answers are there. And, and just so people know, like – like, no one is saying black people are the only homophobic people on the planet. Like, oh, no, yeah. Like, people always love to throw that out there. and But we're talking specifically about this, me, my experience. So 
I just like to throw that out there because people always go, you make it seem like black people. I was like, no, I'm black. I'm talking about <laughs> my experience. I'm talking about my community. We know, like, they come in all shades of colors. <laughs> like, but that's not what it is. I'm really glad you said that. I'm really glad that you said that. And yes, of course, that's true. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to, like, be an ally that asks, like, the right questions that comes out from a place of understanding, but also not be a white person that's like, oh, what is it like in your community? Because my well, community, we fucking figured it out. Like, nah, <laughs> no, man, I travel just, this country. I know what it's like. Yeah, it's it's different. It's different negative experiences from everybody's community, whether you're Muslim, mm-hmm. black, white, whatever it is. Like, there's it, there are plenty of LGBT supporting black people who aren't in the community. Um, but the... The problems that we face when you hear uh, people talking about gay people negatively in, in spaces that are very masculine, like barbershops and, and places like that, which I still hear like constantly, um, you you have to get you have to figure out like what it is about when a group of black men get together that they feel that that's like. What are you? Why are you holding on to that hate for? Like, where is that coming from? And especially when you don't know who who who's among you, like who might be a member of that community. Like you're just talking about it openly, and I think like it, it, with with my family when I came out and almost. 10 years ago. I like that you looked at your watch. It <laughs> made know, me right? feel great. <laughs> what's, what's today's date? June 2nd. You just have a, you have a reminder <laughs> set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's an anniversary <laughs> reminder. <laughs> uh, like, since that happened, it's never come up again. Oh, wow. Wow. Like, it's never, no one asked, like, I think the only person I have conversations with <clears throat> openly about it is my sister but like no one asks who I'm dating or like anything like that and and anytime it's ever brought up it's in the context of women hey man I'm really you know what <laughs> I'm like genuinely sorry to hear that and you know I'll, I I have heard that from so many folks like I know that is a an experience that a lot of people in the community have yeah. where it's like you come out and then sometimes folks are just like Okay, well, we did that as if it's like a hurdle, not (laughs) your life. You know, like it's just like, oh, made it through. Okay, and then you're like, well, I'm still living every day. You know, like I would love to give you some context about what my life is like. Right, because I would always joke with my friends like – the the fact that the last two people I dated were women, it makes it easy to not talk about. Uh Uh-huh, yes. (laughs) So like – it just becomes like not uh, at all a thing until like one day, if I ever come home with a guy, uh, then it's like here we go again, guys. <laughs> You're like, oh, what, we what we happened? thought that we weren't ta- if we didn't <laughs> right. talk about it, we wouldn't wake <laughs> we, the giant that was like in the corner right. sleeping. Right. Well, that's when you said when you said when you were talking about um, folks like sort of completely separating themselves and like creating this other. Uh, community like that that's why I said I know just what you're talking about because I think well there's a specificity in being bisexual that and that's not just true for the black community that's true for like every community where there's Mm -hmm. like um this hyper queer identified part of culture where it's like no I just go to gay bars I like love drag I mean we know what it looks like Right. right that thing and because of what it is to be bi I would imagine it's like you can't fully right. live in that space. or you, I mean, you can. I guess you could be by date men for the rest of your life. Yeah. Never, you know. But right. because you might occasionally like have this um, shift in how you're read by the outside world, it's like you're straddling this line yeah. where like you kind of can't fully dive into that community. It's like I think about – I mean, again, just talking about TV, it's like I think about the show – Noah's Ark. Did you ever watch that show? I did. It's I like, was a big fan of Noah's Ark. I love Noah's Ark, yeah. but it's also like about a very self-contained right. gay community. Yeah. Like, I rem- when my show got announced, I remember uh, there was an account, one of those like entertainment type accounts that tweeted my show was would be the first show with a 
queer black lead since that show. And I remember replying to it that, like, Patrick Ian Polk was, like, my, like, savior <laughs> when I was a kid, like, when I was in, in college and that show was out. Because Look what was you like, just did. Do you see that I have goosebumps on my arm? Actual <laughs> literal goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> and he replied to it. It was one of those things where it was like, I, having s- that show, seeing that, even though they were all gay, it was still, like, just seeing black men be anything other than straight was amazing. And I remember at the time when I first discovered the show, I bought the DVDs and I hid them because I didn't want anybody to like just stumble upon them and be like, what's this What's all this? About? Oh, this he's like, like really into the church, I guess. Just like, <laughs> just like very into <laughs> right. saving animals two by two. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's just like just a good show that I watch. No, no reason. Um, but yeah, like like having to like watch that in secret as like a college like what was I like twenty I had I had to be like in my early twenties like toward the end of college. Um, I feel still, like we're like, maybe the same ish age. How old are you? Thirty three. Okay, I'm thirty six, so I'm okay. a little older than you. But like same thing where I was yeah. like discovering that right because like that show was uh not like sort of concurrently with the L word yeah. after Queer as Folk, so there had been like. Literally, like, three yeah. shows that had at all a right. community. But then Queer as Folk, I don't know if – I don't remember any black characters. On the L word, there was one. <laughs> right. There was one who, like, stood for all. Right. <laughs> all uh, That's usually how it is. <laughs> yeah, right? And then um, – but Noah's Ark was great because those, those actors also had, like, chemistry with each other. Yeah. There was, was a lot of care. And they weren't, like – they were being – fully who they were like Patrick mm. and Polk did a great job with just being like I'm gonna make these characters like the people I know and it was just great to see it even if you like didn't like necessarily care for the content or whatever it was it was like these people are living a, a version of my life <laughs> do you remember how you heard about it I'm so curious I think it might have come from uh, – I think I might have even saw an ad on Logo or something. Right. Because I used to watch when like – I remember when Logo got announced and I was like, oh, yeah, a channel. Like with with stuff, with anything that I like might be able to relate to in another way. And uh, it was like such a big deal. And like Kate McKinnon was on that like big oh yeah, gay yeah sketch big gay show. sketch show absolutely. And uh, she was she was like that was great and. I think it was because I saw an ad for it because it had been – I don't think I had come into it in season one. Maybe I did. Um, but I think it definitely came from watching Logo. And I was like, oh, shit, black people. <laughs> <laughs> Here on Logo even? Right. Impossible. Well, because, you know, you and I also are like kind of at, a, at an age where it's like – this isn't that long ago, but you wouldn't have heard about it on social media, right. which is also why I ask. Because it's right. like we had to kind of like learn about things, like you're saying, with like an ad. Yeah, like an what? Ad. What or would like that be? Commercials? You, right. How would you even find? Yeah. yeah, someone telling you, or like like digging into some like blog and right. then like clicking through right. a bunch of time and being like, I didn't even know about this. Like yeah. the way I found movies and stuff like that. Like when I was sort of at the same age where I would be. Um, like, I had, like, original Netflix. Well, my girlfriend did. I didn't have original Netflix. Because <laughs> I've, like, never had a Netflix account ever. But my girlfriend did, and we would kind of, like, get – like, I always think about the DVDs that we would get of The L Word or, like, whatever movie we would find. Right. And we watched, like, anything gay. Like, so gay, gay dudes, like, yeah. literally everything. But then I, I thought so many times about – those physical discs, which were probably being shipped to, like, every gay person right. in America's <laughs> right. house. It was a way to just identify. Like, if like, they just fingerprinted right. them, they would have had all of us. Right. Could, like, Mike Pence, you fucking missed it, man. Like, you you had was, your chance. It was Netflix DVDs. We That's were all touching them and right. then, like, yeah. Like you could have had them, your database. <laughs> putting them right back in, mailing them to each other. Do you still have those DVDs, the Noah's Ark I do. DVDs? I yeah. still have them in storage somewhere with all my other DVDs that I no longer need. <laughs> what are we going to do with this? I don't I have a box <laughs> with like 300 DVDs from when people watch movies on DVD. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? 
Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Do you remember any other thing, like, after that that made you feel like when you watched it? I remember, weirdly, do you remember the movie Edge of Seventeen? What it, is that? I, it was this like it was like a white gay coming of age movie. Like this kid, high school kid, like kind of falls in love with this like older kid who was like I think he's like either a senior or a freshman in college. And well, how has this like escaped my? It's a. It was, this is my superpower. It's like I a, like know all queer media. It's but like you a have fairly. Named something I it was know. like a. Well, it's like a fairly well known like gay coming of age movie. Wow, I'm ashamed. Um, I've seen it maybe twice, but the first time I saw it, it was like, um, I was like, oh, man, this is, like, really fucking cool, like, to see this story, like, a high school kid discovering himself, like, through this other, like, older boy and, like, figuring out, like, what's going on and, like, who he is. And um, it was, I I saw that actually, like, on Logo, I think it was. Mm. And... It was one of those things where you go, you know how people are always like, I think Kumail Nanjiani mentioned this at the Oscars about like people saying you can't have black and brown movies because white people can't see themselves in it. And you're like, he's like, I've been seeing myself in white movies my entire life. Like, how is this a thing? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can watch anything and identify with it if you're not like a fucking asshole who's like yeah. thinking, well, I would I would love this movie if that character was my skin color. Like, no, like every movie is pretty much for you. <laughs> like almost every every year, 90% of the movies look the people look like you. So what are you complaining about? Like just be a human and watch the movie. I feel and, that way as a comic all the time. Because yeah. sometimes you know, people will be like how is somebody supposed to relate to your comedy? I'm like, I am being so specific about my life because that's how I'm going to tell you how I feel in the world, like as a human, right. emotionally with partners. If you, if that feels like, like the specificity doesn't work for you, you, yeah, you lack empathy. Yeah, because I'm talking about like, you know, when you're dating and you have this feeling, or when you're married and that's how you are, or right. you're like a goon, you feel like a weirdo in your skin and stuff, and your body, and then it's like. These are all really relatable things. Yeah. It's just that I'm getting specific because that's how I'm trying to show you who I am. Right. So, like, meet me there. Meet right. me at specificity, not yeah. necessarily. I don't need you to be a lesbian. <laughs> right. I don't need you to be white. Right. You can be yeah. whoever you are. You can just are. watch the movie and be like, that's a thing that I've felt before yeah. as a human. Right. <laughs> it doesn't matter what color the person who's projecting this story onto me is. It's yeah, just People forget all the time how much underrepresented communities have had to do this for forever our entire lives yeah forever <laughs> and then also like especially now there's like what uh three massively commercially successful movies starring like a mostly black cast and so everybody's just yeah. like well i guess it's- all movies are black now and you're like i think it's been three <laughs> right i think we right. had girls trip i think we had black panther right. i think we had moonlight and like, they panic yeah like, like wait <laughs> what's happening all the movies are black like no it's three it just turns out People of color have money to spend and they yeah. like to see themselves right. in media. It also turns out that like people of color actually know other people of color. <laughs> right. It's not like you were saying earlier, just like one random right. like like a scientist out. who's yeah. who's just like cast as a black man walking right. through the background <laughs> pushing up their glasses. I disagree. And right. then like the rest of the movie's just like white people right. shooting dinosaurs. I feel like there are movies where yeah. there might be a whole community of people that know each other, There's just like, like in real life. What world do these people live in? Or <laughs> they're like, it's two black people <laughs> in the whole fucking town. Where but did you grow up? Compton. Mm. Yeah. And 
do you still go to like the same church or do you still know any um, of the same folks? Because like I, mean, I, I, I grew up so far away from here, my life is very different now than it was then. I know a lot of people who still live there, who I went to school with or who I grew up with. My family, my some of my family still lives there. Um, I'm not there very often just because I'm like most. I live in New York primarily and. Uh, since I've been oh, here. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought you lived here primarily. You live oh, in New no. York primarily. Yeah, but I just came back in January to work on camping. And I had just gave up my L.A. apartment like a week and a half before they offered me this job to come back out Perfect. here. <laughs> and so, yeah, since I had since I had moved there initially for Jon Stewart, I had, um, I had just, that's just where I had been living. And, um, but I don't, because like Compton is like, in LA traffic, a 45 minute journey from like West Hollywood and the hours that I work, I just never have time to go home. And, but my mom lives even further away. She's like way in like San Bernardino somewhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's like an hour and a half, two hour can be a two hour commute. So, um, yeah, it's just, I, I do, I still know a lot of people there, but I'm not there as often. I guess I thought you had lived here the whole time, which is why it always is interesting to me when folks are, like, from L.A. and then they live and work here because I just don't – for me, like, working here and living here is is so – like, I moved here at 30, so it feels very much like of my adult life and I restarted. And, right. and all the friends I have now are people who met me at 30. You know, right. I didn't have, like – I don't have folks around me who, like, knew me prior to coming out and stuff right. like that. Those folks live in Boston or they live in Chicago. They live right. at, like, different parts of my life. So for me – L.A. feels very, um, like, located in just a certain part of my life, which yeah. I think would be different to, like, live here, make a show like you're making. And there's people right. around who you knew or who knew you at different times in your life. Well, yeah, because the, the, the plan is to shoot the show in New York, actually. And um, I don't know where we'll write it. Hopefully we'll write it in New York. But um, I don't – it's funny because – my friends, a lot of like my black friends know about me being out and everything. Some of them, at least, um, and it'll come up very like rarely. Like even if I see them, um, it will almost never be a part of the conversation. Um, but like when the Gay Times cover came out last week, a lot of people were sending me like congratulations about that. But then there were people who were like. I had no idea. And it's so funny because even though I've talked about it for so long on so many different outlets and so many different like interviews and things, there's still so many people who are just like, I didn't know. And I feel like I can't talk about it enough <laughs> <laughs> like to get people to just be – that's why I was so happy about the show too because I was like, this will finally make it so that I have to stop like – coming out a hundred times a year <laughs> to like, so people just see it and then you know. And even still people, st like having the show be announced, like there's still people it, who I like know who are just like, really, I had no, I, I guarantee you there's people who I work with on camping who still don't know. Even though there are a lot of them who do, there's still people, I bet you, who, who, who have no idea. And wow. it's such a funny, like, world to live in where you are constantly feeling like you're still having to tell people or, like, if it comes up in any way, you have to, like, do that all over again, over and over and over again. So I'm, I'm very happy to, like, get to a point eventually where I don't have to keep doing that. Where it's like, I get that. Look at that billboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that. I mean, I... Uh... I think sometimes folks that, like, sometimes straight folks don't understand that a big part of why I talk about my sexuality and why I, like, started as a comic talking about my sexuality so openly is to do exactly what you're talking about. It's just, like, come out all the time at once, like, up top, like, just, right. like, a real swirl of coming out just because, like, it's so exhausting on a daily basis right. to just be like, no, this is what's going on. And it sometimes can be very uncomfortable, too, because it's, like, right. a coworker. You're trying to fit, like, okay, how do I, like, shoehorn this in here? Or, yeah. like, you know, you're just trying to live your life. I love it. That's why I love when people ask questions, like, 
talk about like especially like if you're a close friend of mine or someone like yeah ask like talk about it like that's how we fucking like move the needle like have the conversations like don't feel weirded out that you like can't bring it up like if you you have a quite like just fucking ask how like are you seeing any like I do have friends who go who ask me like who I'm seeing or if I'm seeing anybody and they tend to fall on uh, either people the people closest to me are like my gay and lesbian friends um, but it's it's funny how people shy so hard away from it. It's and then really it puts funny. all the burden on you. Yeah. Like you have to be the one that brings it up. Yeah, like if if I just like show up one day with a boyfriend, it's just like, okay, so this is what we're doing. <laughs> oh, man. Does that feel kind of lonely? Like the people don't ask you stuff? Um, It's funny you say that. It is a little uh, – I've been actually trying to write about this. Like I was thinking about just writing – an essay because people have been asking me to write for different like outlets or contribute or whatever of just like how do you feel how are you surrounded by people and lonely at the same time yeah and it's such a uh, a crazy thing that I just been like mulling over of just like living in this like straddling two worlds and um, also trying to like date and, and those kind of things, it just makes it, it – it's – I'm trying – I'm even still still processing it, like, now, especially, like, this is probably the longest I've been single in, like, three or four years, maybe. Um, so that's also been interesting, just, like, the timing of it all, like, being single when you're, like, on a magazine cover. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. And, like, the, all the things that, like, oh, co- wow. that go yeah. along with that's that. That's a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you're just, like – now I don't know, like, you can't even decipher who actually is interested in you and who oh, actually wow. is interested in, like, the person with the TV show. And the oh, person, man. Like, I'm, the, like, like, grabbing my forehead because <laughs> this does sound like a lot. It's it, a lot. It's, 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 we, it's stressful in a way that I can barely process sometimes where it's just like, I, I'm, it's like, what the fuck am I, like, what is happening? <laughs> like, what is going on? Mm. And, like, I feel like now at this age, I'm getting to the point where I, like, want to just have a consistent, steady, good thing in my life and not have to uh, spend the next, like, three or four years dating, that kind of shit, like, like especially now. But, um, but also being overly cautious about like who who you end up dating that kind of thing um but it is complicated the You're, cautiousness is from not knowing if people are genuine is that what it's from yeah like just kind of like i get it like if i'm always i'm always like if you didn't find me from this thing would you have like still would you still be sending me these messages <laughs> like that yeah. kind of thing but at the same time um I feel like it pushes you to fall back on people you are familiar with. Sure. Because you're like, at least I know this person. I've known this person for a certain period They know of time. the real me. They know yeah. who I am. And so I trust that their connection is, is genuine. And um, I mean, I'm looking forward to like not having to do this anymore. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, also some of that's okay. Like some some of is, somebody knowing um like what you're about can right. be okay. Sure. Because like I met I met my wife um through Rhea knowing a little bit of, like about what I was about like mm-hmm. and what I was trying to do career wise. But you're right, there's a it's such a specific line. Yeah. And it's like appreciation that's fine. That's good. Right, right. But it can't be um, – but it has to be genuine. It has right. to be coming from a place of then wanting to know, like, what you're about that you don't show people because you also have, like, this whole other side of you that has right. nothing to do with your career. Right. That's true for anybody that has any type of job. It's like there's the person you are at work. There's the person you are at home. Yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely, too, like, when you think about do you want kids and all that kind of stuff and, like, how, like, old do you want to be as mm-hmm. a parent 
Like, when do you... I know. Is that making... Uh, that's making me sweat just to bring it up. <laughs> Shoot, I got to drink some of this coffee. So I got to get I gotta get home and find a baby right now. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a lot. Like, I, like I, don't, I don't feel myself gaining energy as mm. the years go by. No, no, sir. <laughs> no, like, I do not. All my friends who are, like, new parents, uh, when I ask them, I'm like, what, so what's going on? How is it? And they're like... It's the like greatest thing ever, but like also it's the worst thing. <laughs> like I, I know I haven't slept and got like all this time, and I'm like, so you're saying I shouldn't do it? And they're like, no, you should totally do it. And I'm like, is this like a misery loves company kind of thing? <laughs> like, do you also want me to do this because you did it, and we can both be awake together? Well, right. <laughs> like, I mean, it's also like we're living in this moment right now where you get to choose a little bit more timing wise. Right. So like, my sister just had her first kid at. 39 and she's like I'm so glad that I like I was totally ready right now but then she's also like but but straight up like this should have been medically impossible like I, <laughs> like, I should not have been biologically able right. to do this because I'm too tired to be doing right. this right now yeah. but at the same time like good on me for achieving so many things career-wise first right. like I made the right choice but also oh my god this is the wrong choice <laughs> yeah I remember I it's so funny that that advice rings in my head constantly where I remember me and John, when I was working at Daily Show, were sitting in the conference room, and he'd ask, like, did I, did I want kids? And I was like, yeah, I think maybe someday. And he was like, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He was like, do it early, because kids are a young man's game. Okay, John like, Stewart. And Sure. And because uh, he, he's like, it is it is it takes a lot of energy, especially when you, like, do what we do, and you're like – at work 12 hours a day or you're like like working TV like it's just not uh, a job that uh, pumps you full of energy you come home very tired the last thing you would want to do is like deal with a kid on top of all that after 12 13 hours of working on a TV show so the older you get, the harder <laughs> that I mean, becomes. I hear all of that, right? Yeah. And I feel like I've been given the same advice. And then I also have friends that are like, just fit it in, fit it in between. But then I, <laughs> I also want to kind of always say to that, like, I understand that that it's not like straight cisgender people can just like always magic magically have a baby exactly when they want to. Right. But if you're at all in the queer community, this shit is more complex. Complex, like it is just more complex. Right. There's other factors coming yeah. in that like. It's not something that I can uh, make happen right. ever by accident or <laughs> right. ever by fun. You know, it's like it's going to be like a series of Very, forms, right. regardless. <laughs> right. There's always going to be something I have to sign. Right. So I I'm trying to figure out how to factor that in too. When you're like, no, I know everything you're saying is right, but like, do you understand how much paperwork is involved in this for me? <laughs> right, and then like. Sometimes I go on vacation and I'm like, oh, this is nice that I don't have to think about anything <laughs> totally. other than myself. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I bought like one ticket or like mm -hmm. two tickets and that's it. The one thing that always <clears throat> excuse me, the one thing that always makes me feel like maybe I don't want kids is when I'm in the airport and I see a dad with like three or four kids and he's trying to wrangle them to get them on the plane and like one's screaming in the stroller and one's running away from him and he's like holding one and, I, and like every time I see this I'm like God, it just makes my body just like shut down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's also probably because you like fly a lot for work. Yeah. Like, like our jobs involve yeah. travel. So right. we already fucking dread air travel. Yeah. You're just like, I have my system. This is right. how I get through yeah. the airport because I have to do it so much. It's so seamless. Sometimes I, I like have to remind myself that those big families probably don't like they probably don't commute right. on a Monday through Friday schedule right. constantly. Like it's like they're getting through it like that. Yeah. And like, it's like their, their annual trip. And I've seen that like, like taking kids to like Caribbean islands and things like that. I'm like, you're going on vacation with all of them? Like, how is <laughs> this going to be? But that's because they're like, I just have to get there and I just have to get back and I'll do it again in three to five years. Right. Like that's like, right. that's like, very different. Man, good, good luck to you. Yeah, man. exactly. But, Cheers. Congratulations <laughs> on your achievement for getting those children somewhere. But I'm like, yeah, where, like, when does that, when does that happen? Like, do I just fucking play it by ear. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't have Do you I, plan it? Do you just let it happen? Do you like I'm I have three years on you, so why don't you ask me in two years? And I'll give you like just a little bit of reconnaissance from down the road. Well the the one thing I, I uh, the one thing I don't want to happen is like I know me and I know how much 
I love to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're going to sleep through having a baby? <laughs> exactly. I don't want I don't want it to happen and then I'm like, "Oh fuck, like what what did I just do? <laughs> like, I think you figure it out though, because the thing is, is like, you're talking about your job and it's like, right. yeah, I have to get up at five o'clock in the morning that you just figure, I think you figure all of it out. I think the problem is you and I have had too much time to think about it. Yeah, That's yeah. the problem. It's like also, when you like, have all this planning, you can be like, oh, I'm terrified <laughs> of this. Also, like I know the 5 a.m. wake ups end in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, that's like, a fair point. You're like, and then you're it's like, like 18 years. Yeah, that's right, how long I've right. got. It's like three weeks and I get to go back to waking up at 10. <laughs> But I think part of it, I truly think it's like, it's like when you have to wait a, on a, v- a very long line to go on a roller coaster, right. where if like you just walked on, you'd be fine. Right. But it's like, if you're like, oh, two hours from now, I'm going to do something that might scare me. Right. Like, that's fucking yeah. the worst. Yeah, so exactly. that's, it's like you need a baby fast pass, but we don't have that because we're just too complicated. Well, I want to ask you, I want to ask you another couple questions that I felt like I was about to get to. And then I started making some side conversation uh, (laughs) just about, like, your experience, I guess, kind of in the comedy world. Because you were saying, you know, like, your personal friendships and things like that, your family relationships. You're kind of talking about what it's like to be out in those spaces. And then you were saying that not all of your coworkers know. But, like, what's it, like, just been, been like, generally in the comedy world to sort of have this identity, not always be sure if folks know about it? Right. Like, any of that? Um, I mean— I feel like most of my comedy friends are aware because those are the people you probably associate with the most mm-hmm. or you see the most and, like, we all follow each other on social media. I was just saying, plus so people like, know what's up yeah, so they see like what, Twitter and stuff. Yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah, got it. see what's going on. And so um, in that regard, it's it's been, like, totally, like, fine. Like, I don't um, – like, I get offered – jobs and things because of it like people know and they're like oh this is like a show that has that could use your expertise kind of thing um but um i've never funny enough i've never really talked about it on stage because i just i'd always talked about like politics and other and like uh observational shit and i just never found uh I was like, I'm going to talk about it when I feel like I have something to really say about it. Because um, I do know that, like, there are, like, queer comics who, like, never talk about it. because, But they're, like, hilarious and it's just not a part of their stand-up. It's just, like, it's a part of their life. Like, they'll talk about it the moment they get off stage. But it's just, like, it's just not what I talk about up here. Um, I feel like once I've found uh, a way to talk about it that I find like interesting or fascinating enough then I'll probably do it like start doing jokes about it but also like I also haven't done a lot of stand up in the last like year or so just because of working in TV yeah. um and I probably have come up with more things to talk about in that time period <laughs> um but yeah at the, I, at, it's been it's been it's been really fine like I was in the beginning I was like worried like oh how's how's this going to like be um, cause people love to force you into a corner, like the gay comics, the like, m- like the black comics, the like that whole thing. Um, but it's not, it's not really changed anything. Mm. It's been a lot of the, pretty much the same. Do you think any part of folks like not asking you follow up questions? I just wonder if it, if any of it has to do with like how you present. And what I mean by that is like, you look so, um, anything it's like you don't look you're yeah. not trying to claim of vi- right. a visual queerness of yeah i think that's so, part of it i think it feels very like no- heteronormative to people mm. where they just like they probably forget <laughs> right um and it it's just like it doesn't it's not like in their face it's not like obvious to them that when they look at me and go they can like identify like oh he's wearing like pink nail polish all the time or some type of like or she's wearing shorts with boots which is what I'm wearing right now because I had to run out of the house and I didn't realize that I look like a park ranger it's fun it's good to look like a park ranger it's cool I I think that I think that that has probably played played a big part of it in just my life in general that I mean I think I where did I writer talk about like just even in school like I remember kids who would get picked on for looking 
gay or like being perceived as gay. And I never had any, I never presented in any of those ways. So in a way I was like, I felt like lucky mm. or like, like I was like, oh, like lucky me. I just seemed like one of the guys. And I think that carried over to adulthood where it was just like people just forget. Isn't that weird? Because it's also like when I, you know, when we met downstairs, I was like, oh, you're like a tall person. Because right. I'm like a tiny person. I always think everybody's going to be my same size. And right. and I, I also think it's like the things that we identify and associate with queerness are, are so arbitrary. We're like, how tall are you? Six, seven. Yeah. So like I literally think, and you're also, you have like broad shoulders, like a, you know, like you're like a big dude. You're like right. a burly looking, like strong looking guy. And so I feel like it's like our our brains are so dumb. Somebody would literally be like, "This person's like too tall for gay." Like, like <laughs> well, gay's not right. tall. Like, then, gay's right. like small. Like, right. like you know, it's like are, we're so arbitrary. That's, that's we're just exactly, so silly. That's exactly why I want to like tear down all of that shit. Where it's just like, <laughs> like you don't have to. You shouldn't be able to look at a person and immediately just start compartmentalizing who you think they are. Like, you should be able to look like me or look like you and you still not assume you're a lesbian or assume I'm straight. Like you, that's just how it should be. Like, and so many, I think so many of the factors that contribute to what ends up being like things that harm us or our community is people going, uh, looking at you and, and immediately judging you. Like there are people who will say, who've said, like, negative things to me about gay people having no idea, thinking that it was, like, a safe space to say something like that. And then I had to tell them, I was like, well, just so you know, <laughs> you just said that too. And then it becomes, like, the whole song and dance of trying to clean it up. And you're just like, well, it's too late now. Yeah. Um, and that's the danger of it, where it's like, you know what? Like, not every uh, gay, bi, lesbian person looks like what you think they look like. And uh, you should just fucking let people be you should just stop assuming this equals that they're like this is what masculine looks like this is what gay looks like and um yeah that's a big part of what i want to do on my show which is just like for people to see someone who they look at and would all 10 out of 10 people would probably go oh that's a straight guy and uh be like actually no this is they look like me too yeah, I love that. Because I was at a bar last weekend uh, watching the Cavs game in West Hollywood. Um, and Wait, are you a Cavs fan? Do we, have we no, talked about this? No, you no, no. I was just watching. Who, I just, who, are you, who are you? I'm a Lakers fan. Oh, God. But, I didn't mean to. <laughs> I was just going to say that Rhea's a huge Cavs fan. We would have had I to do have support, a whole conversation about it. I do support them yes. uh, by proxy. I okay. do support them All because right. I have some, like, friends, close Ohio friends, but also there's, like, Homage is a t-shirt company in Ohio who I love. I know all about like, Homage. They, they send uh, us stuff. They send, yeah, they yeah, send Rhea's, me stuff. Rhea's so, in deep over there. Yeah, so I, uh, <laughs> I, but I like when my team's not, I support. I support LeBron and, and the Cavs. Okay, great. That's I had um, to make sure that was true so yeah. that we didn't have to end the interview. <laughs> Every person has to say, I support LeBron and the Cavs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wholeheartedly. But you were saying you were, but, at the, you were yeah. watching the Cavs game. And the, there was uh, a guy who walked these – actually, it was two guys who walked in – and I was like, are these, like, straight guys just, like, just want to watch the game with this bar? Like, I legit had that same where I was like, what's going on here? Because, like, if they're straight, I'm interested because it's cool that they feel comfortable hanging out here. And if they're not, it's, like, great to see, like, these type of guys feeling comfortable enough to come to a place like that, because we were like the only, probably only three or four black people in there. Mm. But that part was fascinating to me. It was just like, oh, I wonder how many people. There was a straight, uh, well, I won't say straight couple. I can't assume what they were. There was a couple there, a man and a woman. Um, they could very well both be uh, whatever. Anything. Anything. Yes. And, um, but it was like, I was just fascinated in the environment of like how people move through spaces because there are a lot of straight people who hang out in West Hollywood and like are comfortable going to the bars and taking advantage of those drink specials. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, w I remember having that moment where I was like, 
doing what people do to me. Like, interesting. <laughs> like what's happening here? Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> I mean, the other thing is like, I also think, I also think that it is cool and rad to like want to look identifiably queer. And I also think, yeah. well, you know, what's awesome about what the conversation that you're having is like that all of it's on the table and all of it is improved by conversation. Like yeah. you're saying, yeah. it's literally like, well, what, like, oh, why do you present like that? And then like have folks talk about it or whatever. Like these are love, really like, cool conversations. I love when I see queer people who like are like outwardly trying to like let you know, like, yeah, this is like I, when I see them walking, I'm like, I love you. Like go, like, I'm so happy for you. Like, but I couldn't, if I tried to do that, it would be me faking it because it's just exactly. Not, it's just Nobody not, needs to be doing that. Yeah. Nobody needs to be doing that. Yeah. Nobody needs to be putting on something that yeah. isn't them. It's like I would like I wish I could pull that off, <laughs> <laughs> but like that's just not who I am as a person. Like this is who I am, and I'm so glad that you get to be who you are and you get to like dress that way and look beautiful and sexy and all those things. But it's like I can't put that on and like still feel like me that's just not who I am but like I should get to be me and be a part of the community and you should get to be you yep. and be a part of the community and uh, and so it's like who cares what you outwardly identify as or outwardly look like you shouldn't just fucking ju- you shouldn't judge people you should let people be who they are and wouldn't the dream be like if this conversation and that mentality could eventually like move into straight culture yeah, so like, that like straight people weren't so constantly fucking stressed out yeah, because I like, feel like that re- would reduce violence enormously. Absolutely. Like you should be able to dress that way and still be straight and yeah, it not matter. Like, wouldn't not, that be fucking yeah, mind blowing? Like, if you just want to fucking dress in like, like David Bowie and not have people question your sexuality, yeah. like fucking do cool. it because Bowie was fucking awesome. <laughs> like just like do what you want. Like I think there was a – um. I don't know where I saw it, but something about how um, men, like these straight men who cross-dress um, at these like big event, like parties or something, how it was like considered okay in this particular space because it was a way for them <clears throat> to let out this part of them that wanted to be this level of free, but they could only allow themselves to do it in this space, in this time, in this context, and not in their everyday lives. And that's sad (laughs) that you don't feel that level of freedom in your everyday life to just, like, be whoever the fuck you want to be and it not mean a thing. Yeah. It just, you, like, you can be who you are. And you can be the most, like, manliest man. And like, if you want to wear fucking tight jeans or a dress or whatever, like fucking do it. And it changed nothing about you. I think what we're advocating for is actually straight pride parades. <laughs> you know, how people are always like, where's my straight pride parade? And then we're like, well, it's every day, but then it's also not like right. people are so fucking stressed out and nervous all the time. I nah, think, all yeah. of us, all of us having constant parades right. of constant pride. <laughs> I do. I think that's a big part of it where it's like, they don't have – you see people being free and you don't feel like you have the permission to do it and you feel confined to your your straight masculine identity or your, whatever society's told you you're supposed to be. And you're looking at these people go, look, I get to do and be whatever the fuck I want. And I think we all crave that freedom and I think we all deserve that freedom. And I think it's up to us by having the conversation – to to allow especially men of all colors to like just free yourself from this societal version of what you think a man is supposed to be like it's so archaic this idea of like a man is supposed to do this and be a provider and be strong and never cry and like the, like fuck that like i can't even tell you any time in my life i've heard a man say i feel sad or like that hurt me. I I I, I legitimately can't, and that's sad. That, that like, makes me feel sad. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Like the fact that like you can't even talk about um, how you feel to anyone, and I think that has to die. Like the idea of 
of what you've been told a man is supposed to be has to die. And I think not only does it free men, but it like it frees women to not no longer be victims of this fucking crazy, awful, toxic identity that men wake up every morning and put on and go out into the world thinking this is who I have to be. And it's really hard to to let it go, but I mean, I think when you experience what freedom feels like, <laughs> you'll you'll wish you'd done it a lot sooner. Okay, well that was beautiful. You did an amazing job of articulating like a life <laughs> lifelong mission statement, and you're thank a you. delight. And I'm just like so glad I had a chance to talk oh, to you. Thank you. I'm so happy I got to do this. It's yeah. really fun. And before I send you back out into your life and for you to continue the awesome work that you're doing. I just wanted to give you a chance to shout out a queero, which is a person or place or thing that made you feel confident in the person you are. Oh, man. I, there's so many. Um, I mean, my mind immediately goes to, like, James Baldwin, who I feel like could see through the world in this country like nobody else. And just the way he wrote and the things he, the things he said. And then, like... Freddie Mercury, who I love, <laughs> who is just one of the most amazing performers and just outwardly expressive queer people who, like, just, like, I think about him when I need to, like, feel that type of, like, ownership of of myself. Like, just, like, fuck whatever you think about me because, like, I can go out in a leotard and like yeah. belt out this amazing fucking song and have a an arena with a fucking 100,000 people going nuts like it's it's like from an entertainment perspective like Freddie is someone who I, I I admire so much but from a a personal like life perspective like James is somebody like I carry around a copy of of uh, the fire next time with me everywhere I go it's like tattered and like fucked up <laughs> like it's in my bag no matter where I go I just have it with me oh man I mean great great choices <laughs> and I, I also think you know when when we talk about Freddie it's like so you know his, because Queen songs have been sort of repurposed or like appropriated as like sports culture right. which is also great and right. fine but that feeling of like pumping you up to be your best right that like that is meant to apply to the thing you were just talking about, which right. is like that personal freedom, like right. go out and be the yeah. person that you are. It's like we think of it as if it's like go out and and, <laughs> and, and like I want to see you doing layups. Right. I want to see you dunking. But it's really like go out and, you know, like yeah. strut, strut the streets however you want to. Yeah, that's why Don't Stop Me Now is my favorite Queen song. That's my um, favorite Queen song. Yeah, it's my favorite Queen song. <laughs> I used to listen to it all the time I before going on stage yeah, to do stand-up. I still do. Like, yeah, fucking, it's like, my favorite too. It is my absolute favorite song like to me it just it embodies everything about life the life I want to live and the way I want to represent myself and um I probably listen to it a couple times a week at least having such a good time having a ball <laughs> right well, you're the best man yeah Thank rock and so roll much. I can't wait to continue to follow all the awesome things that you achieve and get into in your career <laughs> thank you so much Keep thank you for having me